So your environment has to reflect that. If you're trying to tell yourself, tell your internal team, tell your customers that you have nothing but the highest quality standards and you walk in and there's rubbish bags everywhere and something's broken and uh, things don't match, people aren't going to believe you. It's those visual cues that people pick up on. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Helping You Perform, where I bring my tips, tricks, insights, and stories from the world of Formula One and help you apply them to accelerate your own performance. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode, episode 20, where I talked about resilience and some of the lessons that I've learned from that world of F1 about how to remain resilient in times where things maybe aren't working as well as you planned. Today, I want to take a slightly different tact. It comes off the back of a couple of conversations I was having recently with people. And when I talked to them about having worked for McLaren, some of the first things for people who know about the McLaren Technology Center, they'll say, wow, what was it like working in such an amazing environment? And to give you a bit of a flavor, I'm going to put a link to a short video. I think it's from Sky Sports with a behind the scenes to see what it's like in that environment of um, the McLaren Technology Center. And I'll put that link in the show notes so you can go and have a look for yourself. Or you can even do a tour on Google Maps as well. You can go in and have a, a tour of the boulevard. Now, the thing that I think is applicable, and I talked to a few clients over the years on this, was everything that was in that environment was there for a purpose. And it was there to align to what the organization itself was trying to drive. Now, McLaren is an environment and an organization, a culture of excellence. So your environment has to reflect that. If you're trying to tell yourself, tell your internal team, tell your customers that you have nothing but the highest quality standards and you walk in and there's rubbish bags everywhere and something's broken and uh, things don't match, people aren't going to believe you. It's those visual cues that people pick up on. And similarly, if you ever have the chance to walk into McLaren Technology Center, and I still remember the day when I walked in for the first time, you want people to be blown away by what you've got, or you want them to react in a way that is aligned to what you're trying to achieve. It doesn't have to be that you have to spend millions and millions on your working environment in order for that to be to the excellent standard that McLaren Technology Center is. What you have to do is make sure that you don't have misalignment between what you're saying and what people see. So it's that consistency of story. How can you make sure that is consistent and it's consistent with what you're trying to achieve as well? So a couple of stories from that environment. I mean, if you ever do get the chance, you, you will be blown away. But it is there to remind people. One of the key things that that, that environment is set up for is for the people who work there and the people who work within McLaren, 
It's there to remind everybody of that excellence on a day-to-day -day basis. And McLaren is one of the only teams, if not the only team, that actually the trophies that the drivers win don't actually go to the driver and they're not owned by the driver. They, they are owned and kept by the team itself. And that's an important part of saying you're there as part of a team. They're not your trophies. You may have driven the car to win, but you're only one person as part of a wider team. But they have part of the boulevard where all of these trophies from the past are on display. And that has a significant purpose, which is to remind people of what we're there to do. We're there to put trophies in that cabinet. We're there for excellence. We're there to win. Therefore, seeing these things on a day-to-day -day basis, first and foremost, your first impression is that, wow, there's so much of this, and you're part of something where winning is part of the culture. But on a long-term basis, it seeps into you without even having to be said that this is the standards that we're going for. So remind yourself that you want your name or you want to be part of the team that has the next trophy in that cabinet. Other things around just the look and feel of the place. You know, what is it there to do? What is the environment there to support? And if in the video that I'll um, send a link to, you'll see a little bit of mission control, for instance, which is there as an environment to support decision making and to support data-driven decisions in particular. Now, that environment is there and is designed so that the people within it are supported in a way that helps them make the best decisions. And little nuanced things like when there is a red flag um, on the uh, circuit, red lights appear in the background. Nothing else is said. It's just little visual cues like that. Everybody's station is uh, is very neat. It's very um, individually set up, so that you, you know it, it's a standard setup. But you can individually tweak it to what you need to help you with the decisions you're trying to make. But it's consistent to show that you're part of a team as well. So I want you to have a think about what are you trying to do as a team in an organisation. What are you there to drive? Are you there to drive inspiration in others? Are you there to give people assurance that the quality of your product is uh, is right up there on, on the top of your game? Are you there to it, get the message across that you're there from a service perspective? And what are the little visual cues that you can put in play, either um, covertly or overtly, that say to people, this is an organization, this is a team, this is an environment that supports what we're trying to do? And if you're not sure what to do to get you going, firstly, you can give me a shout and I can, I can help out in that space. But ask yourself the reverse question. What is it about my environment that goes against what I'm trying to do? If I'm trying to say to my customers, if I'm trying to say to my team that um, we're against waste and we want to cut down waste completely and that we are fully environmental, well, if I can't see recycling uh, bins in a um, that are there in a neat and tidy way and are well managed and the environment is clean, then that message that I'm getting visually contradicts what you're trying to tell me. And those visual cues will have an impact on people. So you've just got to consider what is it that you're trying to drive with your um, your customers and your team, and what does my physical environment 
tell me about that. And it might even be your virtual environments, you know, what is it about the background of your, uh, your Zoom calls that tells people what you're all about or doesn't contradict what you're telling people you're all about. So hopefully, if you get the opportunity, have a look at that video. Think about the working environment that you've got for you, your team and your organization. And what are some of the tweaks? What are some of the things that you can do that help match that environment with the goals you've got? As always, if you want some support with this, or if you just want to hear some more stories, you want to have a chat about how you're applying some of this thinking to you, your team and your organizations, then do drop me a line, go to the website at paulteasdale.co.uk, book a free 30 minute, no obligation chat, and we'll just have a chat about what's happening in your world. If I can support, if I can be of value, brilliant. And uh, if I can't, then we'll have an interesting conversation and a catch up there anyway. Really looking forward to hearing about your stories of how you're applying this stuff for your own performance. But in the meantime, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share, or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.